The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on a beautiful day here in the Auburn Opelika area. Monday, December 4th, 2023. This is the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone, and we're inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio, our wonderful studio sponsors each and every day between 2 and 4 p.m. here on ESPN 106.7. I hate that we don't have anything to talk about, Uncle T-Bone. I hate that it's it's a boring Monday. It's just emotions are low. There's no energy around the sport of college football or basketball or anything else going on. There's just I'm really struggling to put together a two-hour show today. A uh, good thing is we could talk about the weather for a while if you want to. Yeah, it's awfully uh, nice looking out there. Uh, you know, we could just talk about I don't know Java and Boone, North Carolina. We could talk about. Uh, oh, I don't know. The Michael Penix Jr. probably going to win the Heisman and should after what I saw. We could talk about, oh, I don't know, Bama backdooring their way into another BCS playoff. I mean, what the SEC championship. Uh, I don't know. What, what, what do you want to talk about? You just want to open up the lines and let everybody else talk? I think we should. 334-321-1390. That's the number to get you through to us. We know you got thoughts, comments, concerns about anything that happened from over the weekend. Uh, college football, the, uh, the conference championship games, of course, the college football playoff, basketball. Uh, we're going to talk about all of that here on the show today. Auburn's in a bowl game. We got to talk about that. We have the transfer portal. We have recruiting. I mean, it is a busy, busy time. All jokes aside, it is a busy time here on the show, at the station, and in the world of sports. And so we want to hear from you on a Monday afternoon, 334-321-1390. And I know everybody wants to start with my Green Bay Packers beating the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football last night. That's where everybody wants to start, and we can... No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to talk about that very much, but <laughs> the Packers did win last night against the Chiefs, against all odds, so I had to shout them out because the Packers are about to back their way into the playoffs. If, if people aren't careful and don't keep up, Packers are going to try and get in, so I'm just keeping hopes alive, baby. Keeping hopes well, alive. Well, you know, the good news is uh, there won't be any kind of committee... Mm. that would say you know what i think so and so and so and so is better than the packers and so and so was hurt when the packers played or if the packers actually win out or whatever and qualify for a wild card or division title but their quarterback gets hurt that they just have to sit out because you know it's such a great system in college football the nfl should adopt it right i think the nfl playoffs are based off results i think i think they're based off the games that you play and the record that you have and the head-to-head and all of that i think they take that into consideration uh for the nfl playoffs somebody can correct me if i'm wrong on that but um yeah 
just so much craziness to talk about. You can tell we're fired up. We got some emotions on a Monday, and we're going to get to the phone lines because I know that you do as well. 334-321-1390. And Andy, kick us off on a Monday, man. You're on the line. Hey, where you go? Yeah, a lot going on. So you're a Chiefs fan? No, no, no. I'm a Packers fan. And the Packers beat the Chiefs? They did. Okay. Well, that's crazy because I had to pick up Jordan Love one weekend. Uh, my quarterback was on a bye, and he didn't look like he could throw a ball. Well, so, uh, early on this season, it was not looking pretty. But, hey, his last four games or last three games, he's got eight touchdowns, no interceptions, like a 70% completion percentage, and he's 3-0 and with a win over the Chiefs, well, man. That must have been. I must have had him four games ago, and, and I dropped him, and that's usually how it goes, right? That's how it goes in fantasy. Uh, that's right. Because uh, I, I dropped um, Cooks for Dallas, and he's you know didn't do anything for me for like seven weeks, and I drop him, and he's scoring touchdowns every weekend now. So, yep. of course, um, and that's another reason. I'm just going to uh, be an Eeyore, um, which I can't stand. You know, I think being a, a, a Tiger is always better than Eeyore, but um, – Man, it's so hard being an Auburn fan. After watching Alabama do what they did to Georgia, you know, they get them when um, both their top receivers are limping around the field. Then they get in, they beat the Florida State. And the big loser on that is is the four-game playoff system. I think your partner there wasn't a fan of a larger playoff, which I never understood. The more the merrier. That's when most people watch college basketball, March Madness. Why not, you know, put more in there and, and make those games count? Because like you said a couple times, bowl games are a joke. Mm-hmm. They're stupid. Yep. They're a waste of time. The best players don't play. Now you get angry at, you know, individuals, especially, once again, now these individuals are making more money than you or me or most people listening. It's just disgusting. So, um, Dandy, you're right. That, First then, of all, um, I was not a a big fan of the expanded playoff. I only thought they should have gone to six because historically I don't think that it had ever really been proven that the number seven team had any, or beyond in my opinion, had any uh, real chance of competing for a national title by the end of the season. But this year proved that wrong, and and I think they should go to 12 now. I'm with you. Cool. Well, I think it should be 24. (laughs) Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk in a couple years, and we'll see uh, who gets screwed out of 13. That's um, right. Anyways, I'm, I'm glad it's 12. It, it should have gone there in the beginning was what I thought, but I guess four is better than what it used to be. Um, but, again, that's the loser in this between Alabama and FSU. I mean, both people can put up arguments. Um, the SEC short did it the best, if you guys watched that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys um, do a great job. And one last thing, just on top of all that, you know, um, I was hanging out with my buddy Dwayne before the parade, and we're watching the game on his phone. And I told him the spread was five, and he was shocked. I mean, he was so shocked. He's like, what's going on? He pulled up the game. We're losing by 10. Mm-hmm. So um, Vegas knew something about that game um, for it just to be five. But, you know, that was a heartbreaker, and they came back at the end. But, um, again, Alabama's doing good. Auburn's, you know, down, and, and uh, it'll come around. But just uh, an Eeyore kind of Monday. So get us get us out of the funk, boys. Yes, sir. Will do. Appreciate the call, Andy. Three three four. 321-1390. Of course, the game he's talking about yesterday uh, was Auburn basketball going on the road uh, to Appalachian State and a tough place to play. Uh, a, a talented team, I think people found out. And Auburn played as about as bad as they could play when it came to a shooting perspective, um, when it came to free throws and just field goals and missing open shots. I thought the offensive game plan was good. Uh, they just 
couldn't make shots. I mean, there was a lid on the basket there at App State, and on the opposite side, that team shot lights out. I mean, they they hit their shots, and Auburn didn't. That's what it came down to, and sometimes that's how basketball games go, and Auburn drops a game on the road to App State. It is a quad one win, technically. It is a quad one win as of right now. Will it be by the end of the year? I don't know, um, and, and those are things that the NCAA Tournament Committee takes into consideration when teams get put into the postseason, um, but it's a game that it's disappointing to watch Auburn lose that game because you're obviously better than them. You've got a lot more talent than them, but you go on the road and, and you don't play well and you get beat. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Tigers were ready to play. The atmosphere in Boone, North Carolina in that uh, arena was electric. I had multiple Auburn fr- uh, fans who are friends of mine at that game, and they were texting me video. That App State crowd was loud and proud. Auburn goes 3-27 and from the three-point line. Jacob, I think we could do that. And 9 of 19 from the free throw line. That's pathetic. Yeah. I mean, are they even practicing free throws over there? <laughs> I mean, it's and I'm it's, sorry. I'm yeah. not gonna. I, I'm sorry to my my friend Andy, who I think uh, is one of the best callers we got. I, I'm not going to be able to be very uplifting today. I'm just going to be direct, and I've got a little bit of the uh, proverbial devil in me, and people are going to listen to me. And I'm not the only one. How do you go nine of nineteen from the free throw line? That's forty seven percent for a major college basketball program. Yeah, I mean, you can't do that on the road. You can't do it in general, but on the road against a team that is making their shots, against a team that was prepared and ready to play, um, that's something you can't do if you're Auburn. And uh, I know a lot of people like to point to, uh, they like to point to Janai, who went one of seven, which is not acceptable for a big guy who gets fouled as much as he does, uh, for a guy that is trying to get to the NBA like he's trying to do. And 10 of 16 from the floor. He shot 0 of 3 from deep, 1 of 7 from the free throw line, had 21 points and 13 rebounds. So he still was a double double. But we were talking with our friend Jack Hudden before the show. He makes his free throws, man. He's a 25 point scorer a night. And that's what this would have been. And you make five more of your free throws. Auburn's back in this thing and they got a chance to win the ball game because guess what? You lost by five. No, no question about it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer something for Andy, too. And I agree with him. It's hard to be an Auburn fan. It's the hardest job I've ever had. And I mean it. And we don't get paid for it. Yeah, and I don't even get paid anything <laughs> for it. I, I pay for it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's the, the, the constant emotional roller coaster of being an Auburn fan is probably why I'm on heart medicine. Which is understandable, especially when you look at – uh, some of the numbers from yesterday, Auburn shot 39% from the field. They shot 11% from three, 47% from the free throw line. Those numbers are not going to get it done, folks. I don't care if That's you're awful. playing App State. I don't care if you're playing Alabama. I don't care if you're playing the California Community College Institute of Technology State. I mean, I don't care who you're playing. That's not going to get it done. And I think Auburn knows that. I think we've seen this team shoot a lot better than that. And overall, I think big picture, I'm not overly worried about this game because, again, Auburn got up 66 shots yesterday. That's a lot. They only made 26 of them. They were running pretty good offense and had some open looks. They just weren't knocking them down. And on the flip side of things, App State was shooting really well. They shot 43%, so not great from the field, but they hit eight threes. They outscored you eight threes to three, right? 
and they were also knocking down their free throws. They outscored you 17-9 to at the free throw line. There you go. There's, there's your answer. There's your problem right there. They got more shots, and they made more shots. And guess what? That's pretty much how you win the game of basketball. <laughs> App State. I mean, that's it. App State goes 8 for 17 from three-pointers. That's 47%. Auburn shoots 11%. App State from the free throw line shoots 73%. We shoot 47%. My high school rec basketball team shot three-pointers better than that Auburn team yesterday. And at halftime of our games back in 1993, we were out in the parking lot chugging (laughs) warm beast light. (laughs) These are top-level basketball players. We are a tournament-type program with a Final Four under our belt. Start taking care of business like you should. I like it. Auburn out-rebounded App State 48-32, to which led to the 66 total shots. And again, Auburn just has to make shots. They assisted 17 times to the 9 of App State. Turnovers, you had 10, um, which is not great, but that's not bad on the road. It's really not that bad on the road. You got in some foul trouble, and... You had a lead. You were up by nine at one point in this game, and you let App State come back, and then they ran away with it in the second half. So Auburn drops it 69-64 to on the road against App State. Let's get to the phone lines again, 334-321-1390. And Specter, you're on the line with Jacob and Uncle Tebow. Yeah, guys, I'm with you. I'm just lost for words on this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing that has been consistent with Pearl's teams is free throw shooting. And I've said this from last year, year before, so on. I don't know what it is. It, um, I had a suggestion that I don't, I don't know if it's being taken or not, but uh, I'd let these guys run up and down that court about four or five times and then get on the line and shoot free throws. Cause that's, that's game. That's, that's, in, that's what happens in a game. Right. To imitate the in-game feel of, of shooting a free throw. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, so if if he's not doing that, maybe he should because it seems like shooting cold free throws is pretty easy. You're sitting there popping them in, popping them in. But get that heart thumping and get those muscles tweaking and everything and then come up there to the line and shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I mean, we did that growing up. I mean, we, we did that growing up where – yeah, you'd, you'd run a couple plays, and you'd get kind of hot and warmed up, and then we'd get told to get on the free throw line. And then if you didn't make them, right, if you missed them, you had to run sprints, right? And then you'd come back, and somebody else would do it, and that's kind of how you are. And I'm sure that Auburn and Bruce Pearl are doing that. They just got to start executing in games, Spectre. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but as a team, when they went up there and did this as a team, you know, one or two guys not not doing what they should be doing is something else. But as a team, buddy, it's, it's pretty – you know, I don't know what, like I said, I'm lost for words. Yeah, I, yeah, I got a suggestion for him. Maybe they should get that guy, Ollie, from the movie Hoosiers to teach him how to shoot them underhanded because they'd be better yeah. off that way banking them off the uh, backboard than what they were doing yesterday. Yeah, Jerry West used to do that, didn't he? <sighs> I, I don't know who Jerry West is. I'm sorry. No, I'm just joking. Uh, oh, my <laughs> God. Well, well Spectre, let me say this because – you bring up a point it, as the team not shooting well, but the team didn't shoot bad, right? Here's the problem. They only shot 19 total free throws. That's problem number one, okay? You got to get to the free throw line a lot more than that. And the worst performance was Janai Broom, who went one of seven. Everybody else combined had 
three or they had four total misses two from Chaney Johnson who went 0 for 2 Aiden Holloway missed one going four or five and Jayla Williams had 0 for 1 so Jani Broom made up six of your 10 misses yeah you're right so that that's an issue for me for a guy like I said in the open a guy that's trying to get to the next level that legitimately can get to the next level and gets fouled as much as he does, you have to knock down free throws. And we're not asking Janai to be 100%. He doesn't even have to be 80%. But I look to him to be 70% consistently as a big man who wants to play in the NBA. And one of seven doesn't get it done. And the team as a whole has to get to the free throw line more. Yeah, you're right. Broom, you know, his head wasn't in it. I mean, wasn't he in foul trouble also? Uh, he only had two fouls. He wasn't. He wasn't really in major foul trouble. Well, maybe I'm thinking about somebody else. Then. You know, Specter. I don't know what bothers me more: the nine of nineteen from the free throw line, or the three from twenty-seven from the from the three-point line. Excuse me, nine and nineteen from the free throw line. Auburn loses the game by five points. If they make two more three-pointers, they win and shoot five of twenty-seven. Only 18%. I thought Denver Jones and Aiden Holloway were those big-time shooters we were missing last year, right, Auburn fan? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it, it, it came from all the facets of the game. We were we were lacking. It's like uh, we were asleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seemed out of sorts the, the, from – from the jump i mean they had the nine point lead and then once app state came back it just never really felt like auburn got comfortable ever again yeah our guys went to the concession stand it looked like <laughs> well all year it seems like to me even Thanks, in the, even the call. In wins that bruce pearl has been very agitated you know and and what what's going on here is this team just not locking it down and concentrating like they should because they didn't seem like they were ready to play yesterday that's a fact well let me say this before we get to break your two starting guards were denver jones and aiden holloway they shot two of 15 from the floor that's denver jones going 05 and aiden holloway going two for 10 that's also a combined 0 for 9 from deep that cannot happen your two starting guards, one's a transfer who averaged almost 19 points a game last year. Aiden Holloway is one of the best freshmen in college basketball right now. Allegedly. They combined for eight total points and two of 15 shooting. You have to have better performances from your guards. You just do. You can't rely on your guards to get you eight total points and shoot two of 15. You're going to lose every single time because Jani Broom cannot outscore the other team by himself. And... Your second leading scorer was your backup point guard and Trey Donaldson, who had 12, who I think played a pretty good game. His shooting wasn't great, but he got points, and he had a stat line that was really, really good. Five assists and two turnovers. I think there's an argument to be made that Trey Donaldson should be starting right now until Aiden Holloway gets his stuff figured out because we've seen some really high flashes, but we've seen some really low lows, and I said that coming into this year it was going to happen, that Aiden Holloway was going to have some really impressive plays, some really impressive games, but he was also going to have some of these games where it just didn't all come together. They just got to shoot the ball a little bit better. Yeah, Trey Donaldson is a veteran and a warrior. I'm with you. Get him out there and let him be the court general. Jani Broom will live 
at the free throw line this season. It's going to be like that all year. Will he make a living there is my question. 334-321-1390. We'll come back and talk a little bit more, Auburn. We'll talk about a bowl game that the Tigers are going to before we get into the heated discussion about the college football playoff and the championship games from this weekend. That's all coming up here on the Monday edition of On the You are on the line on ESPN 1067 online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Monday edition of On the Line. We're 20-something minutes in, and we're already fired up, man. Wade had to walk out of the studio and cuss somebody out on the phone and come back <laughs> in. I mean, it was crazy, man. Um, now, let's, let's talk a little Auburn football quickly. We've got a lot to talk about there, but I got a couple of minutes in this segment. We were just talking basketball, kind of just all the news of what's been happening over the last few days and and trying to... I guess shake off the rough loss yesterday for Auburn basketball on the road at App State. Good news is uh, they are off for the entire week. They won't play again until Saturday uh, when they take on Indiana over in the Holiday Hoops giving in Atlanta. So maybe they got some time to get in the gym and and try to get some things figured out. But Auburn football, that is. uh, Now we know what bowl game they're going to be playing in. We've got multiple weeks to talk about uh, the bowl game and talk about the transfer portal, which has officially opened today and it is wild right now um we're gonna get to all that as the days and the week go on uncle t-bone but auburn playing in the bowl game and they're going up to nashville to take on maryland in the music city bowl i like the draw i like the pick it's better than birmingham i think auburn matches up well with maryland i believe they are favored in some opening lines in this football game um overall i think given the circumstances i think it's a good bowl pick and I think it's a good draw for Auburn uh, in the football world to go up to Music City yeah that'll be a good game I'll you know like to see who uh, is actually going to be playing for Maryland Mm -hmm. and playing for Auburn that's the big uh the big rub now in bowl games I mean I saw it today Ohio State's already got like seven four stars in the portal and a five star that they recruited I mean you know uh, it makes it very difficult to have a uh, what your roster is going to look like into these games uh, crab cakes and football man that's what Maryland does right uh, yeah so uh, the last time uh, I remember Auburn playing Maryland was in 1983 and Tommy Agee ran hog wild on that Maryland team that day in Jordan Hare Stadium do you know who the quarterback for Maryland was that day Jacob Goins mm. No. Boomer Esiason. How about that? And that was a really good Maryland team. I believe they were ranked in the top 10 at that time. So uh, uh, another one of those teams that Auburn had a very uh, difficult schedule in 1983 with. They're going to throw the ball, and they're going to throw the ball around there. Uh Head coach Mike Loxley, former um, offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator at Alabama, and on staff there he brought in Tua's younger brother to be the quarterback. It's not a bad football team. They played Maryland very, very tough a couple of weeks ago, 31-24 in Ann Arbor. Auburn's going to have their hands full and be, and be uh, they better be prepared to play. But I'll tell you this, had you told me preseason we're going to the Music City Bowl at the end of the season, I'd have said that I'd take it. You would have taken it at the beginning of the season? Okay. No, no question. Yeah, I yeah. think there's – where we've been as a program – and hopefully where we're going, mm-hmm. a win here could really help jumpstart things next year. We obviously know that recruiting's going very well uh, with the commitment of Cam Coleman last Friday while we were on air breaking the news. So uh, this could be something that could be a big benefit to Auburn. 
You definitely don't want to go up there and lay a big, fat, stinking egg. Yeah, which Auburn tends to do which sometimes. we've done in several bowl games. So uh, I, I know that this staff's going to have a lot of fun with this game. It's a trip to Nashville that should be fun and well-earned for these Tigers, especially for what they're going through. It beats going to Shreveport or to Birmingham or even to Charlotte for the Mayo Bowl. So I'm happy for Auburn. And uh, I just look for us to go up there and play a very, very competitive, serious football game. Yeah, and Hugh Freeze talked last week in his final press conference of the year before he has the bowl game press conference. He talked about this new era of college football where – you have to prepare for a bowl game with a roster that you just don't know who's going to be on it. And you have to prepare to play a team who you don't know who's going to be on it. I mean, the list for transfer portal guys already from this team is insane. And again, we're going to talk about all of that as the days and the weeks and the months go on. Uh, We have so much more to talk about. I mean, we forgot to bring back up the Cam Coleman news because that broke on Friday in the second hour. But there's been so much happened since then. That seems like it was a month ago. I mean, sports are going crazy right now, and it's times like this. I think we could do about a six-hour show and still not have enough time to talk about everything, but we got to get to a break. We got to pay the bills. So when we come back, we'll get to the phone lines. We'll continue talking Auburn. We'll start talking college football playoff and just everything under the sun. I don't know. You tell us where you want to start when we come back. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Let's get to the phone lines as we're halfway through our number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. And we have Jones joining us on the phone lines who has been patient and held on through the break. Jones, you're on the line, man. What's up? Man, I'm with T-Bone. It's so exasperating being a freaking Auburn fan sometimes. Now, I'm very pleased that we got a verbal commitment from the best wide receiver in the country, and I don't want to put anything over the airwaves that's going to dissuade anybody from going to Auburn. But by God, if you look at the damn weekend, Georgia got Auburned. Florida State got Auburned. App State Auburned Auburned. And I'm damn tired of it. We walk around like Barney Fife with his lip poked out, and we don't complete the task. Now, Auburn, we don't have Andy Griffith there to have our back. It's time for you to sack up as a football and a basketball program and stop the madness. And let's turn this narrative back around to where it was 30 and 40 years ago. Are you with me, T-Bone? I'm with you, brother. Thank you so much for the call. Give us a call. People are fired up today, Jacob. Give us a call at 334-321-1390. Yeah, thanks so much, uh, Jones. Plaza Bar and Studio. Um, Look. The good thing about whatever's happening in Auburn football right now is uh, recruit-wise, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity to play Mm -hmm. immediately, get good IL money, and get plenty of exposure. I think Hugh Freeze is definitely on the right track. And I think Jones – look, here's what I'll say about Jones' phone call is he he represents – 
a lot of Auburn fans right now. We had yep. Spectre call in and had some frustrations. Andy had some frustrations already to right. start. We got another guy on the line we're going to get to in just a second. I'm right. sure they have some frustrations as well. I mean, I understand it's Shane. I, I guarantee he's probably not too happy with what happened yesterday. We're going to get to him in just a second. So. Sure. Auburn fans are just upset, man. They're ready to start winning, and they're tired of watching everybody else win, right? And that's understandable. It's absolutely understandable. And now we're getting into the time period of the year where you have Auburn men's basketball competing, and Auburn football is in the offseason trying to compete with recruiting and with the transfer portal, and they just want some wins. And I want to remind you what's on this recruiting trail right now and what Auburn has done in football recruiting so far in the fact that you did get Cam Coleman to commit to Auburn and verbally commit to Auburn and you do have Perry Thompson and you do have all of these guys that are wanting to come play at Auburn and I know there's a big list of guys in the transfer portal right now for Auburn football that we're going to get to as time goes on but Auburn's going to go and get other guys from the transfer portal too there's three receivers right now that have hit the portal for Auburn Amari Kelly Jair Shorter, who was a transfer in last year, and Malcolm Johnson Jr. Between them, they had nine catches for 144 yards last year. We're not missing anything really and truly that's going to leave us in the portal this year. In fact, we'll get better. Shane, you're on the line, man. Good to hear from you on a Monday. What's up? Hey guys, um, I, I, I'm I'm not understanding what's going on. What 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 what's happening? What what's what's the big hubbub? Why? especially with the last call I'm like what was he talking about I think it's just a combination of of a of how the football season ended right with with the New Mexico State loss and with how you lost the Iron Bowl and then uh, I think a loss in basketball yesterday just kind of kind of put some more salt on the open wound and then Alabama making a college football playoff again I think was a straight lime slice to the wound as well so <laughs> I think all of that's just a combination and got people fired up on a Monday well I just you know, in my opinion, we we got to we got to get over all those hurt butt feelings. You know, we can't we can't control what someone does to pick another team to go into. It has nothing to do with us. Um, we had a chance to beat them. We didn't beat them. Let's move on. Um, the, the recruiting, what's I, all I see is positive. I don't understand. They, all, I keep seeing us get oh, a five stars coming, and and wait, there might be one more coming, and and. and I don't understand that. Uh, all I don't think that anybody that here is in the past. Yeah, I don't think that anybody here, with any kind of rational thought, has a problem with what's happening in Auburn football right now. I think though, right. yesterday, just kind of the opportunity oh. to beat Alabama when they should have, watching them get into the Final Four again. And then our basketball team going up to Boone, North Carolina, and laying an egg. And I'm sorry, I know well, I mean, Appalachian State's a good basketball team. I know Appalachian yeah, State's yeah, a good team, but I've got something to say as an Auburn fan, a lifelong Auburn fan. I is it too much to ask to beat them in basketball? Yeah, I think so, obviously. But you know, uh, <laughs> Duke, Duke lost to Arkansas. Um, no, you know, number three went down. Number two, it's not like we're just like the only ones that just happened to lay an egg. Correct. We lost for a, by, by a few points to probably a tournament team. So it's not a really. I mean, like, oh, oh no, it's one. It's one game in the beginning of the season that doesn't really matter. 
So, well, there are a couple of old no, wounds I, opened up in that game yesterday that people have seen over the last couple of years that we think held back Auburn basketball from making a deeper run into the into the tournament, and that's poor free throw shooting and poor three-point shooting. And they brought in the people in the portal that were supposed to fix that, and we'll see if they do. Right. This is, this is our first road game, first true road game, mm-hmm. right? Correct. So, so we figured out what, what what we need to work on, and we had a whole week to do it. So I don't understand all the complaining. We lost a game. A lot of good teams lost this week. Which is I, a fair I, point. I don't know. Yeah, their college maybe, basketball has been wild so far. To, it could, could be that their fans are whining and complaining as well, but you never know. But, you know, maybe let's just be. You know what? It's, it's going to take Auburn men and women to turn the narrative around and stop whining and complaining. Maybe that should be what Auburn doing Auburn is is from now on. Instead of you know, whatever it is that that these I don't know. It's frustrating to hear fans bicker and cry because because we lost one game at the beginning of the season, or because your rival went to the playoffs and and you had no way of going. So why why are we even talking about it? Yeah, Stop being butt hurt freaking fans. Good God. I'm with you, Shane. Appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. We've hit all ends. We've hit all all yeah. angles so far. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm I'm tired of watching Auburn lose. And I think that's where a lot of people I'm just are. Sick of it. I okay. think that's where a lot of people are. I've had enough of it in my life. Auburn's been down for quite some time in football. Hopefully we hit rock bottom um last season when we had to pull the plug on Brian Harson. And uh, I do feel like that we're moving in the right direction there. And all I can ask for is is this staff to continue to recruit like they have been. I can't. I mean, they've they've far out outpaced my expectations in that. Yeah. And and for them to be ready to play in this bowl game and let's see if we can't get a W. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I think Auburn has to Auburn has to go to this bowl game and play like they want to play. I mean, show up and play like they want to be there. I don't care if you've got 60 players or if you've got 30 players. I don't care if everybody leaves or if nobody leaves, which obviously isn't the case, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I want Auburn this year, and we've got a lot more time to talk about the bowl game, and we will as it gets closer, but I want Auburn just as a as somebody that talks about this team for a living every single day for two hours on this radio station. I'm ready for Auburn to go and play in a bowl game and act like they want to win and actually yeah. win. And I've had people come at me and argue that Auburn's not a good bowl game team. They're a horrible bowl game team. They're 500 since 2000, Uncle T-Bone. Yeah, they are 500 since the year 2000 in bowl games. And, and going closer to 2000 for those 10 years uh, prior uh, have been a lot better than the last 10 years. Correct. So and they've been on the downhill slide there. And look, I can say something – about Shane's call, and I agree with him. And normally I'm not just going to come out here with just complete negative Nancy like I have today. But I can promise you this isn't the only fan base that gets fired up when stuff goes down with their rival fan base. Had Auburn got that final four spot in the same circumstances, Alabama fans would be going bananas today on the airwaves. Right, and and Alabama's basketball team is nothing to to get hyped up about right now. They've got a brutal stretch coming up, sure. and 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 they had Clemson put them put them in their place, and that's a good Clemson team. But overall, just you can just feel a lot of the frustration. But I do think there's probably a lot of Auburn fans in the same boat that Shane is. It's like, man, we've got to come together and we've got to support the school and the programs and get behind them and just. 
get something going but i think it's look been it's, doing it since 1982 shane right it's it, it it helps for that when there are results to go with yeah, it. you I know can, what i mean fans can only give and give and give and i think auburn fans are just about as loyal as any fan base obviously they could have bailed many a times in the past and auburn fans give their hearts out continually and quite frankly part of being an auburn fan is the majority of times you're going to get them ripped away yeah you are and and overall but war eagle that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's right i love it i love it well how about this how about we take an early break we'll come back and we'll start talking the biggest news so far with the conference championship games the college football playoff and how it's just an utter disaster we'll finish up our number one with that we'll start our number two with that as well and we have jacob hillman from the auburn sports network joining us today as well all that coming up here on the monday edition of on the line you are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Monday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T-Bow and I'm Jacob Goins. We took an early break so we come back and have plenty of time uh, in this segment to get into what has been the hottest topic across the country in the last 24 hours or so. And it's what happened in the conference championship games and, of course, the final college football playoff rankings. And we want to hear your thoughts, but uh, as of now, we got to get some of our thoughts out here before we get to you guys. And we're going to talk about this in the second hour as well. But I think we need to talk about the results first. I think we need to talk about the games that happened and then what happened yesterday afternoon when the playoff rankings were released. So you look through the conference championship games. Washington repeated what they did in the regular season. They beat Oregon by three, where Oregon had a chance. Washington just played a little bit better, and they win 34-31. Washington secured their spot in the college football playoff. They knocked out Bo Nix in Oregon, and that was, to a lot of people, a battle for the Heisman Trophy, where a lot of people think it could be Michael Penix, and it seems like it's down to him and Jaden Daniels. Intern Michaela called it Friday. She did. We all started kind of leaning towards Washington in those points, mm-hmm. but kind of felt like Oregon would win. But it, those points really looked a little squirrely come Friday. Yeah. Turned on that game and saw in full transparency, I try and watch as much football as I possibly can, especially college football. But the fact of the matter is I have not seen a ton of Washington this season because Oregon's been getting all the love, and they've been getting those 230 Pac-12 games while Washington's been playing later at night and by then I'm about footballed out and I got to get ready for uh, Sunday and get ready to get rid of the uh, Sunday scaries and get my life together to get back to work (laughs) on Monday right right and so I had seen Washington play Oregon the first time I did not realize how physical they were defensively Washington goodness gracious Mm -hmm. that defensive line and front seven was physical but what's really shocking to me is how physical their DBs are I know Michael Penix is awesome he throws the ball effortlessly there you go thank you and uh like we were talking about before we got on air after the game they interviewed him didn't even look like he'd broken a sweat yeah and just had won the Pac-12 championship and maybe the Heisman Trophy dude's a stud man he's a freak is what he is and a straight baller but that defense is good enough to win a national championship and i'm not so certain they well i'll say this right now 
They should be ranked over Michigan. Should they be number one? I don't know. They should be ranked over Michigan. They're better than Michigan, easily. Well, well, a lot of people are saying that right now, especially with how the Big Ten championship game went. Um, Oregon had zero run game in that game, too, Jacob. Mm -hmm. It was all on Bo Nix. We've seen that scary movie before in big games. There's only so much one player can do. I know that uh, Bo's had a a pretty – rocky career and ups and downs but it was him versus washington that offense did not help him and they could not run the ball they no, had they to couldn't. throw almost every play and he look he had an incredible season i sure. mean he's had an incredible career at oregon in its past couple seasons there and 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 i think he should be celebrated for for the things that he's done he's a great football player man he is and so um oregon knocked out washington secured their spot in the playoff they didn't know where they were going to be but they felt pretty confident then we're going to get to the big one in a second. We'll dance around it and then get to it. Michigan and Iowa, which is an ugly game. We knew it would be. The total was like 34 points, and somehow it went under because Iowa is a terrible football team. And Michigan beats them 26-0 to in one of the most boring games you'll ever see. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback, had 147 yards. That's it. No touchdowns, yeah. no interceptions. He was just kind of there. Blake Corum, 52 yards. He had two touchdowns. Right. Michigan just kind of played that boring, bully Big Ten football, and they beat Iowa like everybody thought they would, and they secured their spot in the college football playoff. They did, and uh, we, I said Friday on, on air that I thought that they would cover. I, I thought to cover, though, they would have to go over. Somehow they kept it under the number and covered a pretty crazy, big line. Crazy. That's just how pathetic Iowa is, and pretty much, in my opinion, how pathetic Michigan schedule's been all season. They've played a two-game schedule against Ohio State and Penn State, even including that Big tw- uh, Ten championship game. I was horrible. Um, don't really see resume-wise how you have them number one. And can you honestly tell me that they're that much better than any of the teams in the college football playoffs and any of the teams that got left out in the top 10. I think there's an argument to be made there, especially with another team that made the college football playoff in the Texas Longhorns that went into the weekend as the number seven team in the country. And they had to make a statement. They needed some stuff to happen in front of them, and they needed to make a statement against Oklahoma State. And at 11 a.m. on Saturday, that's exactly what Texas did. They demolished Oklahoma State. And I think it's a combination of two things. I think it shows how good Texas really is, and I think it shows how not so good Oklahoma State was. They're 9-4. and four. Like, Oklahoma State is not a great team. They're solid. I mean, they were in the championship game, so you got to give them credit there. But Texas did what they had to do and beat Oklahoma State 49-21. to 21. The question was then going to become, does Texas get in? That's the first debate, right? Out of mm-hmm. the games we've talked about so far, that was the first debate. Was, was Texas going to get in? Did they do enough to get in as a one-loss Big 12 champ with a win over Alabama? Well, that win got a little bit better, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Florida State, late Saturday night took down Louisville an ugly game a terrible game a horrible game but they won 16 to 6 with a third string quarterback and held Louisville to six total points I think Mikhail would you say they're averaging what 30 points a game this year and Florida State held them to six total points no the offense looked horrible but Florida State did their job okay but we're not to Sunday yet this is Saturday <laughs> they did their job 13 and 0 ACC champions and they've been a top four team the last month or plus. They did what they were supposed to do, and they won the ACC championship. 
I watched a lot of that game instead of watching Michigan because I kind of felt like I knew what was going to happen in that Michigan game along with the rest of the country. I was really interested to watch Florida State and how they would react with uh, that uh, freshman quarterback who basically looked like to me they just rolled somebody off the streets to play quarterback just to get through the game. That defense for Florida State is nasty. Their run game is nasty. Mike Norvell's built one heck of a program down there. Uh, They took care of business and have all the right in the world to argue their way into the final four. Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship game, the biggest one of the weekend, number one versus number eight, and Alabama did it. They went in yet again in a game that they were not supposed to win. They were not favored to win. People were not picking them to win, and they went in, and they quieted the doubters, and they beat Georgia 27-24 in a really good football game. This was a really good game all the way through. It took everything they had to get through it, but Alabama won. They beat Georgia, the number one team in the country, 27-24, and they became a one-loss SEC champion with one of the best wins of the year on their resume. And they were taking that into Sunday. Your breakdown and just your thoughts on that game, because as we get into hour number two, that's when we're going to get into our big college football playoff debate. Well, congratulations to Alabama. They played a heck of a ball game. And you know, we had questions uh, emotionally, and even uh, Austin had said the other uh, last week that it was just a weird feeling. Yeah. In Tuscaloosa after the Auburn win, would they be up for that game? Would they be able to emotionally let the Auburn game go? And the answer is yes. And it's another uh, indic- indicator of why Nick Saban is probably the greatest of all time. He, in big-time moments, he always has his team, almost always has his team ready to play. Tons of thoughts here. Uh, Alabama played, I think, one of their better games of the year. I think Georgia played one of their worst games of the year. Georgia had a lot of injuries going to that game. We talked about that last week. That was evident watching McConkey and and Brock Bowers uh, hobble around the field all night long and at some point you had to pull McConkey and I don't know why they did he was just a he, he was just a non-factor mm-hmm. they didn't Alabama didn't have to worry about him anymore did not have Ra-Ra Thomas and several and a couple of key players on defense of well that were hurt why was the fourth down catch not reviewed mm. a couple of key calls go against Georgia including a horse collar tackle that wasn't and a blatant face mask that was missed by Dirty Dallas Turner in that football game. These are the kind of things that make people wonder, is everything always on the up and up with the refereeing in Alabama games? Just saying. Yeah, well, Alabama wins 27-24 in a game that we thought could be a play-in game. I didn't think it was going to be, but it turned out to be. And we'll talk about the college football playoff in the crazy, just wild Sunday afternoon that was in college football and a debate that will go on for the rest of time in college football. That's what's coming up here in hour number two on the Monday edition of On the Line. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of our number one, lots of passionate conversations, passionate phone calls, great topics, talking Auburn basketball, a little bit of Auburn football with the bowl game, some transfer portal recruiting stuff. Um, and then we began talking about the conference championship games. We talked about the games individually because I think that's important to do before we get into the fiery conversation of what happened yesterday with the college football playoff ranking so if you missed any of the first hour you can go back and catch up with that on demand wherever you get your podcasts just search on the line or you can go to espnau.com now here's what's coming up in this hour in 30 minutes we're going to talk to jacob hillman of the auburn sports network about all things auburn athletics auburn football making a bowl game the transfer portal updates auburn basketball everything going on around auburn athletics that'll be coming up at 3 30 But until then, it's time to talk about the biggest news in sports. It's time to get to Sunday. We worked our way through Friday, worked our way through Saturday. It's time to talk about what happened yesterday at noon on ESPN from the college football playoff in their final rankings. And this has gone, I mean, it's just gone viral, man. People are losing their minds because of what happened to the college football playoff rankings. And I'm going to read them to you. I know you know what they are, but we're going to read through them. And we're going to talk about this because there are so many ways to go here and we have to have every conversation in the book. So top 10 on, all right, this is what happened. Penn State at 10, Missouri at 9. Good for Missouri, by the way, a top 10 team to to, to finish it out. Oregon dropped to eight with their loss to Washington. Their only two losses were to Washington both times by a combined total of six. So hate to see it for Bo Nix and the Ducks. Ohio State down to seven, right? They hung around in there. This is where it gets crazy. Georgia went from the number one team in the country down to number six because they lost to Alabama by three in the SEC championship game. Their only loss of the season. They dropped from number one to number six. Rigged. Florida State gets five. They get bumped out after being a top four team. They get bumped out of the college football playoff because they won their ACC championship game. They did not lose a game all year. And because their quarterback is hurt is what the playoff committee said. We're going to get to that. Rigged. Alabama sneaks in with a very nice win over Georgia. One of the best wins of the year, in my opinion. They get into number four into the college football playoff. Texas gets to three. I think they deserved it. I think they proved to everybody they should be in. And there, in my opinion, there never should have been a world where Alabama made it and Texas did not because of the head-to-head win. Texas is in. Washington is two. And Michigan is one. And I think there's an argument for those to be flipped. So here's your final four. Michigan one, Washington two, Texas three, Alabama four, Florida State and Georgia on the outside. 
looking in. Holy smokes. I mean, this... We're going to need more than 30 minutes, but we'll start with this, right? Yeah, I mean, we could I mean, we could go for hours, and we will. This will be, an, like I said before we went to break in the last hour, this will be talked about forever. This college football playoff selection will be talked about forever. You know, after uh, 2003, when there were three teams that were heavily de- uh, debated, USC, Oklahoma, and LSU, then 2004 – when there were three teams, USC, Oklahoma, and Auburn debated, it was pretty much decided at that point we had to do something a little bit differently. College football has been around forever. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. It moves like an aircraft carrier, and to get change, you got us very slowly turn the wheel and watch it very slowly change over a long period of time. Well, they finally got there with this final four, they thought, and that we weren't ever going to really have those problems ever again. Well, lo and behold, in the last year of the Final Four, we got big problems. We got massive problems. All right, so where do I start here? I'm going to start with who I think the very best four teams are because that's all I hear all the time. It's, well, you know, they, they, they tried to get rid of that eye test saying because that fired people up so much. So then they went from it's not the most deserving teams, it's the best teams. So my final four would look like this after all. Everything I've seen, these are the four best teams I think are out there. Washington, Texas, Alabama, and Georgia. And you could flip Texas and Washington so they didn't have to have a rematch in the semifinals of the regular season game between Texas and Alabama. Those, to me, are the very best four teams in college football. Right now. Right now. No doubt about it. I mean, you're talking about a hobbled-up Georgia team that definitely got multiple calls not go their way and help Alabama out in that game and only lose by three to an Alabama team a week before that looked like garbage against Auburn most of the game and still barely beat Georgia after playing one of their best games. And you're just going to throw them to the Wolves? A month from now, healthy, I'd take Georgia over uh, Michigan every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And out of those eight games, counting two on Sunday, I promise you I'd make money going straight up. So they're they're not putting the four best teams in, in, in the college football playoffs. They're playing games. This is a corrupt system, in my opinion. This is a glorified pro wrestling way to decide who the national championship uh, for the entire season of football in a very real football game. It's almost fake wrestling what happened I saw yesterday on TV with ESPN. Mike Greenberg said something this morning. I think he said it on Get Up on his TV show instead of his radio show. And and I 100% agree with this. He said the college football has become what the college football playoff He said it has become like a figure skating competition because it's not about the results and it's not about how you grade this subjectively. They're grading it objectively by a group of people in a closed off room that don't have any communication with the outside world, that you have no idea what they're talking about and no idea what the discussions are, no idea what the reasonings are. They are judging it because that group of athletic directors and presidents and whoever else is in there they think that they are better than everybody else. And that group of individuals thinks that they know college football better than the entire country. And so what they proved to me yesterday, when Florida State did everything you're supposed to do, 
They did everything you were supposed to do. They had a big win over a non-conference opponent in LSU. Also beat Florida, which they play every year. It's not a big win, but they still won it. They also went to their ACC championship game with a third-string quarterback where the defense played one of their best games of the year and held a team that scores over 30 points a game to a whopping six. And they went undefeated in a Power 5 conference. And they were one of three teams that did that. And they were the only ones that got left out. So here's what that tells me. It tells me the committee doesn't care. They don't care. Because they came out and started playing the game of, well, they don't have Jordan Travis. They're not as good. What about the defense? What about the rest of the offense? What about the coaches? What about the staff? Uncle T-Bone, do you think Jordan Travis has left his bedroom the last two days? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have gotten out of bed because that young man is the focal point of all of these conversations because he hurt his leg in a thing that didn't that he didn't have any control over and he is the one sole reason that a team did not make the college football playoff. Okay? And if he's that important, why will he not be in New York this weekend? Because he won't. He won't be in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. So why not? If he means that much, why is he not in the Heisman conversation? And here's my thing. This told me that the games absolutely don't matter. Mike Greenberg said this this morning. I said it yesterday before I had a chance to get on the radio. If this is what it's going to be about, if it's going to be about the four best teams, in quotations, massive air quotes there, then why are we playing? If this group of people can decide who they think the four best teams are, why have a season? Why? It's pointless. It's absolutely pointless. If games don't matter, if results don't matter, if wins don't matter, and records don't matter, why are we playing a season? Get these people together and say, okay, we'll see y'all in December. You tell us who you think the best teams are based off of what you think, based off of your opinions, because you happen to be an athletic director, and let's just not play a season, and we'll see y'all in December, and you can pick who the best teams are. It's utterly ridiculous. Now, Do I think Florida State is one of the best four teams in the country? No, I do not. Florida State is not a great team. I've been saying it all year. I didn't think they were a top four team, even with Jordan Travis. But a team that does everything they're supposed to do, and you take them out because of an injury. That's just sorry. It's sorry. And the thing, too, and I know we got callers, and I know you have things to say, but... Here's the biggest thing for me when it comes to Florida State. They left them in. They left Florida (laughs) State as a top four team the last three weeks. The last three weeks, they left them as a top four team. And then all of a sudden, after they have gotten to the mountaintop, after they've reached the peak, after they've done everything you told them they had to do, that's when you decided to pull them out? If you were going to do that, you needed to do that three weeks ago. Agreed. When Jordan Travis got hurt. That's when you needed to pull them out and say, look, they're not a top four team right now because of that injury. It would still suck, but it wouldn't be as bad because that's a reasonable explanation three weeks ago. It's not right now, and that hurts, and that's horrible for Florida State. All that is is ESPN making this into nothing better than The Bachelor for drama. It worked. And I'll tell you this. I don't know what's more sickening to me about this. The fact that that scumbag Kirk Herbstreet got on Twitter yesterday and had crocodile tears for Jordan Travis after blaming him for basically FSU and him breaking his leg, not getting into the college football playoffs. 
or the lack of transparency in this committee. It's sickening. That's a nonprofit organization hiding behind closed doors and refusing to really answer any questions. And they wheel out some kind of old Jim Hole gobbler from North Carolina State AD to answer a few questions. And then they all scatter like a covey of quail. And it just all goes away, Jacob, right? And meanwhile, we're just supposed to accept the fact that this group of guys mainly just no better than all of us without any kind of explanation from them and and espn then just shoves it down your throat because they're nothing more to me now espn than the cia of college football protecting a corporatocracy of multi-million dollar makers intern michaela you got something what's up I think they're using Jordan Travis's injury as a scapegoat here. I think they knew the second he got injured, they're like, phew, we have an excuse to leave him out. I think they were leaving them out regardless. They were not letting an SEC team not make the playoffs because that's the moneymaker. And that's just saying you think because you're in the SEC, you're automatically superior. So just go tell them at the beginning of the season, don't even play, don't win. Just play for fun because it doesn't matter. We're taking an SEC team at the end which is what i was saying on friday right is they were not going to leave an sec team out they were not going to do it there was no way possible i knew you know why money they make too much money they bring in too much money the sec was never going to be left out of this thing and here's what i'm gonna say before we go to break and before we get to some phone calls i think georgia should be more mad than florida state Georgia has much more reasons to be upset than Florida State does. It's a crappy reason that Florida State got left out, but you can kind of understand it because they would get destroyed by any of those other teams above them right now. But Georgia, being the number one team in the country, and you lose one game by three in your conference championship game to what is now a top four team, and you drop five spots and you're nowhere near the top four, how in the world does that happen? FSU would get Tate Rodmaker back by the time the playoffs started, and I think they could play with Michigan. I do not think Michigan is one of the top four teams in the country, and you're going to see that in the first round against Alabama. They're going to get smoked. We'll talk about it some more. We'll get to the phone lines when we come back in a heated discussion here on the Monday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. All right, we got all kinds of phone calls, people calling in. We're going to do our best to get to those here on the show. 334-321-1390. I believe we have Daniel. You're first up on the line, man. What's on your mind? Gentlemen, what a spicy day. Yeah, how about it? Come on. Uh I almost hung up because you guys were hitting it right on the head. Uh, <laughs> we tried to get to you, man, but hey, we, we only have a certain amount of time on the airwaves each day, man. We got to get our thoughts out. We've been sitting on these for too long. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. I'm actually a Georgia fan myself. Okay. And um, How are you uh, feeling right now? You know, I'm okay. We're okay. The the kind of constant feel around Bulldog Nation is, is calm. <laughs> You know, frustrated, but we got beat on Saturday. There's no other – they didn't just slide by us by three points. It was really about a two-possession game. They killed us on both sides of the ball in line of scrimmage. Um, really, when we needed to put some drives together, we couldn't. But, anyways, here nor there, we're not – I'm not an Alabama fan, so I'm not going to complain about injuries. And, well, what if Bowers was fully – I'm right. not going to do that. Yeah. Just, it is what it is. 
No, but, I get it. Um, you know, in all this conversation about Florida State, it makes me wonder how many Disney executives had to do with this decision and what, what pool, what power pool they had in making this decision. Because I really think that Disney interfered and said, hey, look, look at our revenue last year. We can't have that happen again. Thanks, guys. There are forces in college football that are so beyond our, I don't know, comprehension because of the amount of money that's on the line. And when you put billions of dollars on the line, people are going to start acting squirrely, okay? But let's just be real. Let's just be real. This goes back years. Mm -hmm. This goes back to when they first started trying to determine a national champion in the early days of college football. And there's grudges and there's bias. Uh, I mean, it's everyone has it. I got a theory here, Jacob. I think the uh, – it's hard for me to say this, but I think that NC State AD, that boo guy who's running the uh, – that rim clip who's running the uh, committee here who makes about zero cents every time he talks to anybody on ESPN – I think they kind of helped stick it to FSU a little bit because the Knowles wanted out of that ACC this year before the season started, and NC State was going to be one of those teams left behind. Mm. Let's ponder that as we get to the phone lines once again. Mark, you're on the line. We appreciate you holding on, man. What's on your mind? I love this. I love controversy. (laughs) It it gets my blood flowing. I love it. You're a fan Uh, of chaos, right, Mark? Absolutely. Chaos brings things out that wouldn't normally be uh, shown. That's right. Uh, and there's a lot know, that needs to be shown, Mark. Oh, you aren't lying. People are naive. Caller, if you think, look at the previous caller and follow the money. Anytime you want to see what the problem is, follow the money. You better believe it. So let me it. bring this up. All right, so there, you know, and you mentioned it earlier, Jacob, about uh, why leave a man the last three weeks. Yeah if you're going to take them out. I agree with that. And then to use the excuse that the quarterback, well, why was Ohio State in the playoffs a few years ago when C.J. Stroud, you know, uh, wasn't they down to their third-string quarterback? Yeah, all the way back in – yeah, all the way back in 2014. Yeah, they – well, and the the only difference there – well, no, I mean, well, the only difference was when he came in, Ohio State went to the Big Ten Championship and won like 59 to nothing or something. I mean, they dominated and it looked pretty good, but it's still the same type of situation. Right, and well, then, but, you know, if you want to go to that, Florida State held a team that was averaging 500 yards yep. to, what, 200, so yep. that's the same thing as domination. It's just not offensive domination. Agreed, 100%, Mark. You know, and I don't think Florida State's one of the top four teams. I don't, you know. Uh, I think Georgia, you know, they definitely are one of the top four, I believe. And, you know, to the previous caller, he said they were a lot of the dog nation was at peace with this decision. Well, I work with Dog Nation, and I promise you, they're not at peace with anything today. If I was, if, if wanted, yeah, if it was Auburn in that situation, if Auburn had been the number one team in the country all year, and you go to the SEC championship game and you get punished for playing in that game because you lost by three to what is now a top four team, and you dropped completely out, if that was Auburn, 
Oh my gosh, could you imagine what our, our phone lines would be like today? It'd be insane, Mark. Oh, yeah. You're right. But anyway, I love chaos and until they get away and we uh, in, you know, until they break up this whole DSPN and you get it and I hate to say this, like the NFL where you know the rules, you know the tiebreakers, you know who is going to make the playoffs and who is not based on, you know, what they do on the field, until you get to that point, you're not going to have a fair situation. Like the guy in North Carolina State, like T-Bone's talking about, yeah, Bodie, I guarantee he wasn't exactly pleased with Florida State. Mm. Oh, no. Anyway, y'all have a great day. Thanks so much, Mark. Appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. Go ahead. You know, look, I think over the last, I don't know, 15 years, as I've gotten a little bit more more mature and realize how the world really works and less naive and just watching – I mean, it's a different discussion, but just watching politics in general and seeing what happened in the last presidential election that just about – people are just about capable of anything. There's a university in this state that has a machine on its campus that basically runs its student affairs and it's allowed to operate. So you're telling me that folks wouldn't take the opportunity of given the chance every single time to try and gain an advantage to promote their brand forward, illicitly, or with bias, or however? I mean, I turn on... Fox News, I expect to see conservative takes. I turn on MSNBC, I expect to take liberal takes. When I, when I turn on ESPN, Jacob, I expect to see Alabama favor. And you can just look across the board at the people on ESPN, from Reese Davis to Greg McElroy to Kirk Herbstreit, who's not an alumni but sure acts like one, preseason his comments, Nick Saban's my favorite coach. And then for them to get on here yesterday and be like, oh, poor Jordan Travis in Florida State. I feel so sorry for him. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you felt sorry, if, if y'all were really putting in the best four teams, they wouldn't have been ranked five. And if you were going to have them ranked fourth with uh, Rod Maker there last week, he'll be back. He'll be back in a month. He, they should still be ranked fourth. I'm with you. I'm with you. 334, I think we have another caller. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who are we speaking with? Hey, this is Dak, man. Hey, hey, Dak, what's up, brother? How are you? Hey, man, I had a lot to talk about, but after T-Bone just nailed it, man. He just nailed it, what he just said. And I'm glad he said it, buddy. And just like the reaction that Kirby Street and Fowler had on that last play against Auburn, that right there yep. said it all. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talking about that today. That said it all, man. But uh, my question, guys, is why is it Michigan talked about why they have to be number one. Why is it that they're the given number one? They haven't done nothing special, have they? They have a couple decent wins. I mean, Ohio State's obviously a big win, and then they had the win against uh, Penn State, and they've just kind of dominated everybody. I think that's what it comes down to. And I mean, you know, it, yeah. I mean, I, I agree that they should be in the top four, but I don't understand why it's a given they're number one. Well, I, I, I don't understand that at all. No, I'm with you right there on Dak, and I mean, this is you could just put any team there with what they've done this season and have that same complaint and argument. It's why right. the system as a whole has to change. That That's scares right. people to death. There are plenty of people out there that never would want to see a true playoff system like the NFL because then That's they right. would lose influence, they would lose power, and they would lose control. 
because the moment right. that you, the moment and they would they'd lose their way to make money and 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 have the prestige of their programs normally being in the conversation because the moment you that's a level playing field unless you have referee and roster tampering a true playoff like the NFL with divisions where if you do A, B, and C, you're going to play here and you're going to play X, Y, and Z who did what they had to do. And That's that, right. and, and yeah. that it, it is a ridiculous system now. It's extremely frustrating to me after all these years of college football. This is why I'm so angry today, really, that, and, that we lost to Appalachian State. Because I just woke up to the fact that basically the system that I've cheered and loved and been a part of for years is halfway rigged. That's right. That's right. And guys, I didn't. I never talked about this, but going back, talking about Reese Davis, don't show no favoritism. Come on. Do you remember yeah. when we fired Harson? All the mouth guard we got from him mm-hmm. on show, social media. Yeah. About how sorry we did Harson. You telling me he don't try to influence people? Well, <laughs> well, I saw something on. I saw somebody post on Twitter yesterday, Dak, and it was it was a it was like in quotations. It said, "Okay, let's go get a." Um, it was like, "Let's go get a non biased opinion on Alabama." Right. Reese Davis and Greg McElroy. What do you think? Yeah, that's what Brian Stoltz. <laughs> that's what Brian Stoltz from the right. That's right. Site that's who posted. said it. Yep. That's yeah, right. Hey, look, I'm old enough, Dak, and I don't know if you are to remember when Reese Davis was on local TV on WRBL in Columbus. He was a full blown Bammer bias then, and he still is. Fact. He interviewed me all the time when I played at Auburn. Yep. And then when I started coaching at Central, look, I know he's pure. He bleeds Alabama. But hey, on another, let me make this point before I have to go. All right, get out quickly. All right, so uh, Florida State. If I was the coach at Florida State, man, I would be preaching, hey, we're not out of this. All we have to do is beat Georgia by three or more touchdowns, and somebody's going to vote us number one. Well, maybe so. Appreciate the call, Dak. Thanks so much, brother. Great to hear from you, man. God, there's so much more to talk about. So much more to talk about. And as I said, this is going to go on probably forever. But we're going to take a sidestep from this, and we're going to talk to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network when we come back about Auburn football, making a bowl game, some transfer portal, and some Auburn basketball. How can they respond from the performance against App State yesterday? That's all coming up when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. Jacob Goetz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Whoo, man, we've got 30 more minutes in this studio in the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Turn on the AC, open up the window. We are fired up in here on a Monday afternoon. But we got to take a sidestep from all that because there are things happening here locally when it comes to Auburn and Auburn Athletics. And that's why we bring in Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network each and every Monday at 3.30 here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Mr. Hillman, happy Monday, man. How are you feeling today? Well, I'm, I'm a little under the weather, but I, I've been to the doctor. We, we've gotten the meds taken care of, and we're doing better. So I'm happy to be on the line. This is about the, the thing I've been looking forward to the most today 
uh, since I've been under the weather. Well, I hate to hear that. I probably should have checked in with you before we had you on the show. You've just been you've been here so long. You're just a you're a you're a sharpie in at this point as a guest on the show. So I hope you feel better, and we maybe won't keep you as long today just to let you get some rest. But uh, let's talk a little uh, Auburn. I know there's so much other stuff going on, but we do want to get back to Auburn a little bit. And it was announced that Auburn football uh, will be going and taking on Maryland up in the Music City Bowl up in Nashville uh, coming up in a few weeks. Your thoughts about the bowl game and the goal and the uh, uh, the bowl matchup for Hugh Freeze and the Tigers? Yeah, it's definitely a fun matchup, a fun location as well for Auburn fans. We saw uh, how the Auburn family traveled to Vanderbilt this year uh, for that football game, so I'm excited to see how many people are up there for this bowl game in a much larger venue as well. And then I think the matchup is very interesting as well. Maryland, obviously, a school that Auburn hasn't played in about 30 years, so. I'm excited about it, and I think it's going to be a good test for Auburn. And obviously, Tigers haven't won a bowl game since 2018 in that Music City Bowl. So looking to get back on the right track there and build some momentum going into 2024. And also with the bowl game, you mentioned the fact that Auburn fans will travel. I think the the outlook on this bowl game, Hillman, is it's a little bit better than maybe what a Birmingham Bowls vibe would give for Auburn. Um, it just you know Auburn's been to that bowl game a couple of times in the last handful of years, and I think the outlook for this bowl game for Auburn fans is is a little bit better than what it would have been. But Hugh Freeze talked about this last week, and it'll be a conversation that we continue to have up until kickoff. But we don't know what this roster is going to look like by that time. We've already seen a handful, a number of guys enter the transfer portal with an opening up today. And on the opposite side, you don't know who Maryland's going to have on their roster when came, when game time comes. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to look at it that way because, again, what we've seen so far from other schools is just a whole, a whole lot of people entering the transfer portal. Auburn, not as many so far, and definitely not a lot of uh, production. A lot of guys that uh, that probably, probably realized that they'd be better suited to find somewhere else to find playing time and whatnot. But, you know, that, that's, that's less important. Now, we haven't seen any big names uh, in the transfer portal, but what I'm interested in seeing is kind of how this offense and defense each, uh, what kind of rotations you see that are new. Like, what, what kind of guys that maybe we didn't see play as much throughout the year, and whether it's because uh, there was a red shirt or, or whatever it was, see if anyone new gets in the game in this bowl game to try to get some reps because I feel like that's something that uh, you use those bowl practices to do is uh, let those guys get some extra reps and you know if they if they're playing well in practice then uh, let them get some game reps as well in a game that uh, is going to be hard fought and obviously playing for uh, a bowl game trophy. Jacob as we get closer to uh, December 30th I'm sure we'll have more conversation on the uh, matchup against Maryland. I think it's a great bowl um, nice to see uh, uh, going uh, us going up against a program we don't get to play very often. But uh, moving away from that real quick, what happened up in Boone, North Carolina yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Auburn basketball, obviously, it was a tough it was a tough matchup for them uh, on the road against Appalachian State. That App State team is in the top fifty of the net in those first net rankings. I think slotting in at forty eight today. So I think that ultimately that's not going to end up being. Uh, a loss that hurts you on your resume too much. It's, it's going to be a quad one, maybe a quad two loss if they slip up and Sunbelt play a little bit. But they were picked to finish second in their uh, conference. So it, it is a tough matchup. And, and coming off a of big Virginia Tech when it wasn't the uh, really the follow-up you wanted, but 
I think it's a good kind of reality check for this team to show, hey, guys, you're not going to win every game that's not conference slate, and there are things to work on when you go into the conference play. I, I think Coach Pearl does a great job at scheduling in the non-conference, uh, especially this year, to really prepare his team for that. And with how hard he's been on them, I, I think this was, again, a good, a really solid check for them to uh, try and settle back in and, and get get ready for what's going to be another couple of tough non-conference matchups against Indiana and USC these upcoming two weeks. Because I think you want to make sure you build some momentum off of those uh, as you close out the non-conference slate and move into SEC play. So, you know, obviously you look at the free throw shooting and you look at the three-point shooting. Those were not uh, up to par for Auburn yesterday. If you make half of the missed free throws, you, you send the game to overtime. And obviously the three-point shooting just was non-existent yesterday. So I, I really think that it comes down to that, is making sure you take better shots and, and converting when you get those free-throw chances. We're speaking with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, who's with us every Monday here on ESPN 106.7 during On the Line. You kind of alluded to it there just a little bit. I was going to ask you, what do you say to to the Auburn fans, the Auburn faithful who are uh, kind of concerned about the shooting of this team where it's been pretty good for the year, but these last couple of games, maybe not so much in a game like this where it was really bad and you lose the game because of it. What do you say to uh, to the Auburn fans about the shooting of this team and, and how it can improve? Yeah, I think that's the way to put it, is that it's been bad for a couple of games. It's, it's going to happen. You're going to have uh, a rut here and there throughout the non-conference play. It's going to happen during SEC play. I think the important thing is that the defense has stepped up and kept you in games uh, whenever the, or won you games whenever the, the offense isn't 100% playing to its ability. And that's something we I thought was a little concerning early on. I thought the offense carried the defense in those mm-hmm. first few games of the season. But now I, I think the defense is carrying the offense a little bit, which is, which is good to see. It's good to see uh, the team win in different ways or, or even just stay in games in different ways. Because that, that's what I thought happened yesterday. I think that uh, Auburn really stayed in it more longer than I thought because there was a point in that game where I thought App State might pull away and, and the defense didn't let that happen. Got so many stops uh, towards the end of that game, but the offense just couldn't uh, really break the seal and, and get on a run itself. So I, I think there's a lot of good to look at for this basketball team, and that shooting will come along and be more consistent. And again, like I said, that's just, that's just basketball. You'll hit a rut at some point at SEC play. You just hope that it comes at the right time and uh, doesn't last too long. Yeah, I'm with you on that, and, and that's just basketball sometimes. And not only did Auburn not shoot the ball well, Appalachian State shot the ball really well, right? And so it was right. a it was a combination of the two things. Hillman, uh, one more before we let you get out of here. I know you're not feeling great today, so we, we do appreciate your time today. Anything else going on? Update our listeners on what else is going on uh, when it comes to Auburn athletics. I know we got women's basketball that played uh, last night. They've got another game coming up this weekend. And of course, they're into their full schedule now as well. So updates for Auburn athletics and around the Auburn Sports Network before we let you get out of here. Yeah, Auburn women's basketball got two big wins over this past week uh, on Thursday against Clemson, a 30-point beatdown of Clemson in the ACC-SEC Challenge. It was a really impressive win for the Tigers. They, they look more physical. They look more athletic. They look smarter. They, they in every facet of the game, look like the better team uh, on the floor with Clemson, a major power opponent. So it, it was really good to see that, uh, get that win. And then he followed up with a road win at UAB yesterday uh, by double digits. So I'm excited about what this team is starting to trend towards because – you had those two losses uh, uh, 
to, to Cal, another Power 5 team, uh, slipping my mind right now, but it was good to bounce back from those and, and get big wins like that because once this team finds its consistency, I think it'll build a lot of confidence. And you'll look like what, what I saw on Thursday at, uh, against Clemson was a uh, top half of the SEC team from Auburn. Now, will it be like that every single game? I don't know. But from what I saw Thursday, it has the ability, it has the ceiling for that. So I, I, I'm excited to see what this team does the rest of this way and, uh, and gets into SEC play. Uh, we'll have Tiger Talk this Thursday uh, at Bob Howard's Victory Grill, 6 o'clock Central. Uh, I believe we'll have Coach Pearl on the show, and we'll be talking all things Auburn Hoops as well. It's probably a little bit of a preview of what's to come for the Music City Bowl as far as broadcast details goes. Uh, it's finals week, so there's not a lot going on on campus uh, this week. A bunch of teams will be on the road and or taking rest so that the athletes can take classes. But Auburn men's basketball, holiday hoops giving, Indiana this Saturday. So that's going to be an exciting one. That's, that's going to be uh, another marquee non-conference matchup for the Tigers. Yeah, looking forward to it, and you guys all do a wonderful job uh, with the Auburn Sports Network. And of course, we're just so so honored to be uh, to be with you guys this season for the next five years. And football season was great, basketball season, men and women's off to a great start on the broadcast side of things. And Tiger Talk every Thursday has been a huge success as well. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, man, again we appreciate your time. I hate you're feeling not feeling well, so uh, go get some sleep, drink some fluids, and uh, we'll talk to you next Monday. Hopefully, feeling a little bit better. I'll do that, Jacob. Thank you so much. War Eagle. Yes, sir. That's Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, and we appreciate his time on a Monday, and hopefully he starts to feel a little bit better. Um, Tebow, we can get back into the uh, playoff stuff and all that kind of conversation. We'll go ahead and take our last break, and we'll come back. We'll take our last break, come back. That'll give us one more bigger segment uh, to kind of get some more thoughts out. And again, this is going to be a conversation that we have for days, weeks, months, and years, but just the initial thoughts of this and the playoff and the results and everything else in between that's what we'll have when we come back as we wrap up the monday edition of on the line here on espn 106 you are on the line on espn 1067 call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 all right, back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio, the final segment here on a Monday afternoon. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins, and let's get to the phone lines again here on this Monday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who are we speaking with? Right. Okay, what's on your mind, man? Uh, just listening to guys, uh, uh, Michigan, uh, the team that... Uh, Get got caught with the hand in the cookie jar. I think the point what the committee made was he sent he sent in Michigan to the principal's office. Okay, he's playing against Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, Nick Saban has how many national championships? Uh, seven, I think. Six in Alabama, right? Uh, correct. Okay, Bear Bryant has how many in Alabama? Six, I believe. Okay, so he has a chance to break break Bad Brunch's record and probably ride off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Michigan is getting sent to the principal's office as punishment for getting caught with the hand in the cookie. Interesting. So you think there's an even bigger narrative to all of this and the seeding aspect of things? Of course. Oh, I can easily believe that. Here's my point and why I can't even. Georgia didn't really try to win at ball games. I just think it's that they were really banged up. This is punishment for Michigan. 
and Florida State's going to complain and they're going to get hammered by Georgia in their bowl game. Hey, Slack, we appreciate the call. Thank, thank you so much yeah, thanks for so getting much. in, and it's an interesting point. I like I like that. I think that there's a lot of undercurrents be, ha, happening right now within that committee or happened within that committee, and a lot of sticking it to some folks who have been major disruptors in college football, either good or bad. Like I said, I believe that the NC State AD who runs that committee had all – the motivation in the world to stick it to FSU who tried to buy their way out of the ACC this past summer. I believe that Michigan getting matched up against Alabama is a punishment. But And, and, and here's why I say that. Because after the Final Four came out and they started announcing the bowls, mm-hmm. to put a cherry on this rigged crap cake, okay, they put Florida State in a bowl game against Georgia. And Immediately, and we all know why. Yeah, they want Georgia to rickroll the Knowles. I told you so. And that way, that way, Kirk Curb Street and Paul Feinbomber and 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 Reese Davis and all of them can run around and be like, "Now you got to trust us because we're always right." See, see. Well, I think it goes on Georgia the committee just beat too. The Knowles. Yeah, it's they're running CYA for the committee by putting FSU against Georgia, and I hope it backfires on them. Somehow, some way. I don't know how that's going to be possible. And, you know, as we go along, I think there are really key conversations that need to be had about the seeding of everything, and that's kind of where uh, where he was getting to. And we appreciate the call here to wrap up the show. That is an interesting point because that's a whole nother thing, is Michigan being the number one team and Washington being number two and Texas being number three and Alabama being number four, where Florida State is five above Georgia, which is six. And and, and so we can kind of allude to this and, and finish up the show. If it's about ranking the best teams and ranking the teams based off the best teams, how in the world is Florida State above Georgia? And I know that's a conversation that doesn't really matter because they're playing each other and they're not in the college football playoff, but I just don't know. And, and here's an interesting thing, too, that I've talked with with our good friend Jack Hutton is – I think, and he does too, and we think moving forward here, this is how it already should have been, but to get into the playoff, and this is with the expanded playoff now, okay, and here's, let me say that too, this is the final year we have to deal with the four-team stuff, where we have to debate the four best teams, where it's limited to four teams. Used to be two, now it's four, it's about to be 12, so thankfully, this is the last year we have to worry about it like this. Mm But moving forward, to get into the playoff, it should be about your resume. You should get into the playoffs just like you do in the NFL based off of what you do in the middle of the season, based off of your wins, your losses, your defeats, your victories, and your record overall. Then, once you get to the playoffs, then you can rank them based off the best teams. But getting to the postseason because somebody thinks you're the best team, somebody thinks you're the best team, a group of individuals in a closed-off closet somewhere thinks you're better than somebody else, you can sit here and tell me that Alabama would be favored over Florida State, and they would heavily. But you have to play devil's advocate here and say, how do you know that until they play? How do you know that? We're basing all of this based off of what we think 
will happen. And that's wrong. That is absolutely wrong to do that. And that's where the whole seeding conversation comes in, and that's for another time. Yeah. But that's where I'm getting at, well, too. Well, here's one of the things that irritated me most. I've already said it. I don't mind at all Alabama being in the Final Four. I'd have them in my Final Four. It's because all they needed to say was come out yesterday and say they're the better football team than FSU. That's we, all they had to do. We think we're the better team. But then they went to the spin mode and started including that it was all Jordan Travis's injury right and almost blaming this kid for having his leg broken and i'll tell you another thing that i think shows how rigged this thing is i found this on on x by a, a, a blue bloods bias it's a pretty big site so don't laugh but uh, apparently on saturday night following all the results fsu to make the college football playoffs in vegas was minus 600 that's an 85 percent chance according to the odds Ten minutes before the ESPN show, suddenly the odds swung drastically. FSU and Alabama were then both at minus 110. Nothing happened on the field in those 12 hours, but a lot happened off the field. They offer up two explanations. One, ESPN found out or colluded with the committee and then leaked it to to the results to Vegas or somebody did. Or, or even worse and more nefarious, ESPN crew members with the leaked results proceeded to bet big on Alabama. Something does not pass the smell test. Something has not passed the smell test for a very long time with this bias system. And until they go to a true playoff form with divisions and true formulas like the NFL, because if this system was so great, wouldn't the NFL do it? Yeah. No. And, and that's the thing is – College football, college football went from a computer-based system with the BCS, and we complained about that for years because it became broken. Well, right, com- computers can be manipulated. Right, and and it didn't show who the best teams were necessarily, and who the best teams were at the time, and based off of wins and all that. Like it was pretty good, but it wasn't great. It wasn't perfect because we know Auburn got got shafted a couple of times in that sure. system. So then they said, okay, we got to fix this. Right, we got to fix this because. The two top teams are not always playing for the national championship. So our solution was to take a group of people that seem to be qualified, that claim to be qualified. And looking over that list, I don't see how you can say that. And they claim that they know more than everybody else, and now the results don't matter. We're just going to say whatever they say goes, and we're cool with that? Yeah, and we're just going to do it all in secret, and we're only going to have a few minutes on ESPN, then we're going to run and hide, and no one answer any questions. I'm not cool with it. I'm tired of it. The system is rigged. I like it. We'll talk a lot more about it tomorrow. I will, anyway. You'll be back on Wednesday, Uncle T-Bone. Uh, McKaylee, you may be here. You may have to come in. I know you got some things to say, too. So we'll talk about this. We'll talk more Auburn, football, basketball, transfer portal. It opened up today. Goodness gracious. What a time. What a time to be in Sports Talk Radio. We appreciate you listening each and every day. Come back tomorrow, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.